You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Brett. And I'm Steven. And we are the, the Broadway, Broadway Husbands. Husbands. We're just your all-American married couple making their living in the arts and pursuing a growing family. On the Broadway Husbands podcast, we offer advice from our ordinary lives under extraordinary circumstances. We are living proof that you can love who you love and love what you do. Make sure you subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss our weekly episodes. And if you really love us, make sure you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Take a screenshot and tag us on Instagram at Broadway Husbands. And make sure you check out Broadway Life Apparel at BroadwayLifeApparel.com. We design new designs every month of t-shirts, hats, all kinds of really cool. We have face masks if you're looking for some masks. All What do the masks say? They say, sing out, Louise. Ooh, get um, it? And we have some really fun uh, theater-oriented for, you don't have to be working in theater to love these designs. Um, and it helps support us and helps support the arts during this time. So check out BroadwayLifeApparel.com. <clears throat> well, we took a break last week from episodes because on Wednesday we had an inauguration. That's right. We got a new president here in the United States. Wait, we did? Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, guys, I'm totally kidding. I'm joking. Yeah. That was a joke. And I'm aware. You know, while... Politics isn't our thing, you know, it's not really one of our topics. We are very excited for the change. I think it's a good thing. I think it's going to be challenging for some um, more than others, but I do think that it's uh, an exciting time. And we thought instead of taking away from that celebration, we would just take the week off from recording podcasts. And so we're back with a new episode. That's right. And on today's episode, we are going to talk about Brett's show, Charming. Is it just called Charming? Well, Charming, A Tale, a of, an tale of an American Prince. Tale, Charming, A Tale of an American Prince. Mm -hmm. So last weekend, um, we traveled to Fayetteville, Arkansas, where Brett was asked to perform his one-man show, Charming, A Tale of an American Prince, um, at the Walton Performing Arts Center, and uh, it like exceeded all expectations and was so much more emotional than I could have ever thought it would be like um, for so many reasons. So I just wanted to kind of just talk about your show and talk about your experience performing again. Um, so first off, let me ask you what 
is charming <laughs> a tale of an american prince about please describe it for our <laughs> listeners well it's um it uses okay it's the story of a prince from the kingdom of texas who goes looking for his kingdom ha ha me and it uses the music of different princes so i sing sondheim songs from agony you know like agony i do you know pippin I do um, Disney princes, of course, and then, of course, Prince the Artist, among others. Um, and so it's a very eclectic song selections. There's some really cool mashups my music director, Tracy Stark, and I came up with. And then um, I also had the help of an uh, awesome director when we first developed it in 2013, um, Lenny Watts. So Nice. That's, that's a very good description. Thanks. That is accurate. Very accurate. So... <laughs> Let's talk about the creative process of your show when <clears throat> before this you had done, I think, just one other one man show, right? Was, yeah. I mean, that one wasn't story driven, really. It yeah, was like was just, a cabaret. It was a cabaret. It was just songs. It was just a cabaret. And so where did you write Charming? How, where was it developed and how did you meet your music director, Tracy Stark? So I, it's 2013, as you know, was not a great year for us. That was like lucky number 13. And I was really down and out. And something popped up. I'm friends with John McDaniel, the music director, if anyone watched the Rosie O'Donnell show. Um, and he... Post, I'm sure a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. And he posted something about the O'Neill, the Eugene O'Neill Center Cabaret Conference. And literally, I just clicked on it, filled out the application, didn't read anything, as you know me, I tend to do. Like, yeah, he's like, oh, I'm just going to try this. Oh, I, I, signed, I signed up for this. <laughs> I applied for this. He'll tell me all these things that he's applied for or tried out for. And I'm like, what? Wait, like, that's not even anything we've ever even talked about. <laughs> but I mean, at least this was like performing, right? Like, yeah, but totally I was just like, I didn't even read the, the details. I was just like. Oh, that sounds cool. I mean, I'll apply. If the universe wants me to do it, I'll do it. That's kind of how I operate in the world, yes. which is sometimes great and sometimes not. Yeah. Um, sometimes it works out really well. <laughs> so so John calls me and is like, uh, you, hey, we love your application. We want to accept you. It's 11 days. It's in Connecticut. You know, there's housing provided. Um, it's going to be like $2,000 or something like that. And right. I was like, uh, yeah, no, that, that I'm not even, I don't even have unemployment. I don't have health insurance. I haven't worked. It was a rough year. Yeah. I was like, that's not going to work for me. Sorry. I was like, maybe in the future, I'll, my employment will return and our expense, you know, our expenses won't be so high because we were living in the East Village. It was stressful. And he called me back and he said, I talked to the O'Neill Center and they're offering you a scholarship. Ooh, um, I remember that. And it was so exciting. You were so excited because you had been so down. Because I really needed some direction at that yeah. time. I just didn't know what I was, what to do. I just felt really stuck. And, um, and so I went and I didn't really even know what to expect there. And there was about a handful of us they call fellows who were part of that program Ooh. and some really like Carrie O'Malley was there. Who's 
you know, very well-known actress and some other really eclectic, like interesting people. Everyone had kind of a different strategy for what they wanted to create because that's the beautiful thing about cabaret is you can kind of create anything. But I really had no, no mission in mind. I was just like, huh, I'll come up with something. And De oh, Donna McKechnie was one of our teaching artists and she, you know, we became pretty close to, you get close to everybody there because you're kind of living together and it's like summer camp. And I had this idea of like, what if, you know, princesses get all the glory, the princesses are on all the lunch boxes and the shirts, where are the princes? And so then the idea kind of was born out of that. Mm -hmm. And we started making these mashups and, um, and that's how it was born. And then when we came back, I was like, I'm not going to waste this 11 days of exploration. Right. And you performed it pretty soon after that, right? When was your first performance? I don't even remember. Maybe in the fall? It was in the fall because it was like October, October November. November. Yeah, I think it was. And uh, I, we, the, the conference was in August. And so Tracy and I just said, let's just keep working together. Let's just keep working on this. And we, we did it at the duplex. I did, I think three or four performances at the duplex, invited people. It must have been My in November came. or December because I don't think I was there for the performance. So you must have been doing Nutcracker. Yeah, so I, I actually, it was actually really cool because the first time he performed it, I went to his like final run through. He rented a studio and performed it as if, you know, you know, a dress rehearsal kind of deal. And so we were in this little studio um, somewhere in close to Times Square, I remember. Um, and it was me, his pianist, Brett, and uh, and Donna McKechnie came. So I got to see I remember I emailed Donna and I was like, would you want to come see this run through? And she said, yeah. And I was like, okay, thinking she'll probably not show up because she's, she's so, to me, it's such an idol and a very important person. But she was and there. And she came and it was just her and Steven in a tiny room with me running through the show and she gave me amazing notes. Yeah, it was really cool. That was cool. That is really cool. It was such a, um, I was super excited just to be there watching him and then Donna was there. It was really cool. Uh, so, so throughout, since 2013, you've performed the show now, I want to say at least like 15 different times. Um, how has the show changed with each time you performed it? Well, I mean, I do think or that, yeah, I mean, I think that especially the end, I feel like any show kind of act two is always in tro troublesome, any musical. So this feels a bit like that. Like, I don't really know how to finish the show. And it's also because it's so personal mm -hmm. and my life has evolved since then. 2013 was a struggle. There was some stuff that happened with my family that was really, really painful. And then um, so at that time, I really needed to kind of work through those emotions. And then I brought it on tour and I did it in Orlando. I did it in LA. I did it in Laguna Beach. I did it in Houston. Right. And I remember Houston, I was very nervous because I mean, I was pretty honest about my family stuff and they were awesome. Maybe some of it went over their heads, but then... <laughs> Then the well, I don't think I mean you're personal, but you don't say anything that's like I don't not offensive. yeah nothing offensive. You just state some facts. That's yeah, all. yeah, yeah. But some people don't like facts. Facts are all right. Moving on. Keep news. going. Keep going. Um, and so then I Disney asked me to do a version of it for the Disney Cruise Line, 
with, but I had to use Disney songs. So we swapped everything out except for a couple things and we turned them into, you know, I used only Disney songs. Mm-hmm. Um, like instead of museums, I sang out there. Oh. Right. So it doesn't, it didn't work to me as well, yeah, yeah. but they want to make it a big commercial for Disney, which is, I make, makes sense. Okay. And then, uh, and then when we did it in, in South Carolina. Oh, right. That was the last time, two years ago. It was the last ago. time I did it. Three years ago. Yeah, because honestly, two years the, ago. the struggle for me has been, it's about a prince, and like, I'm in my 40s now, you know what I mean? I feel like talking about being a prince feels a little behind me at this moment, but the, considering the fact that we've really started our parenting journey, and that we've, everything's happened with the pandemic, it felt like Act 2, I was able to sort of clarify mm-hmm. all of that now in a way that I hadn't been able to do before. Nice. Yeah. And um, so the opportunity came about for you to perform the show at the Walton Performing Arts Center in Fayetteville, Arkansas. Um, how did that happen? And, you know, what was your process to get ready since you haven't been performing for the past 10 months? You know, what was what were some of like how did you prepare how was that preparing well i mean you were there for most of it but i was um <laughs> so what ended up happening was the 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 executive director there knows me from when i worked at a theater he worked at in like 2003 okay. and we've stayed in touch through social media through through my email and if anyone knows me as a coach i'm a huge i love to, to talk about this stuff through marketing so i'm actually by the way, building a course I'm going to be teaching in March called the Creative Marketing Map, where I'm going to teach a lot of this stuff. So, um, so don't say too much about. So it. I don't say too much, but <laughs> if you do, if you want to learn more about about this kind of stuff, come check out the Broadway Life Coach Facebook group because I talk a lot about it. But I ended up he ended up reaching out and saying, you know, hey, you're in Texas. Would you be Would you want to drive up to um, Arkansas? and do your show and i was like sh- i mean this was like in september or something and i was like sure oh, right. was a while ago. and i was yeah. like january is so, so far, far away <laughs> yeah i know i, I, Janu- I know I, th- yeah this whole whole year of january yeah. felt like it was never going to come and now it's here it's really weird and uh you know the only thing was my music director is in new york and i can't really do the show without her she's a big part of it and so he said that if she wanted to come down they'd pay for her and so we were able to make it work in a way, you know, they can only do limited capacity. So what, it was like a 1200 seat theater, 1500 seat theater? And they maxed big. out at 200 people mm-hmm. and, you know, everyone had to wear masks and be socially distanced. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be any closer than 12 feet from the edge of the stage. Mm-hmm. And it was just Did me. you keep to that? I, I didn't notice. Yeah, I mean, I I'm sure you did. Yeah, well, like, they had I didn't speakers. Actually, oh, you did? Oh, they did. Okay, cool. Yeah. So, so what was the, the preparation like, like getting mm. back, like, were you just like vocalizing all the yeah. time or like, what were you doing to get ready? I was trying to vocalize every day and then sing through the show, like every other day mm-hmm. as much as I could, because I needed to get stamina back. And I, I honestly could have done more. I think maybe even started a little bit earlier than I did. Cause mm-hmm. I was still feeling like it wasn't really all there, but. But don't you think you would always feel like that? I think so. Yeah. I'm so hard on myself yeah. as a singer, especially. Mm-hmm. I don't, I just don't have like classical training the way that a lot of people do. So I'm very insecure about it. But so anyway, I 
was vocalizing every day, listening to old voice lesson tapes from when I was learning Wicked. Oh, yeah. Um, which also brought back a lot of, like, crazy PTSD from learning Wicked because that was so stressful. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Um, so anyway, I that's what I did, mm -hmm. and rewrote some of the stuff and then Tracy and I did a couple like FaceTime run-throughs which okay. were challenging because of the delay there was a delay right? yeah, yeah. Oh, that, that was really frustrating really hard I didn't even think about that. it was really frustrating but we did it yeah it was just good for us to kind of get our minds back in it and then uh, yeah that's how and I then that was it okay. yeah all right so then we drove up on a Friday it was about an eight hour drive. It was much, I mean, not that I didn't map it. I knew that it was going to be eight hours, but for some reason, I always think that GPSs are going to be wrong and I'm like, oh, it's really not going to be that long. It was, it was eight hours away. Um, and um, we actually had a really, really magical, fun weekend. And um, being Brett's husband for, I guess we've been married almost 10 years now. Um, anytime he does something like this, I feel like it's really my job just to kind of like try and keep him as calm as possible <laughs> because the very first time he did his solo show not this solo show but his own cabaret show he was like i think i have ptsd from how stressed out he was and this was in like 2008 maybe we were like pretty newly dating well let and me and let me just say i think we opened the little mermaid the night before oh yeah my show. like what were you thinking i don't know what i was what, were you, what was he thinking anyways the he, show was supposed to open in, in, oh, uh, in November, November, but right, because right. of the strike, strike. it got yeah, pushed yeah, yeah. off and I'd already scheduled the day. <laughs> so it just, it turned so, out. So I be... have PTSD from the very first time he did his one man show and he was so stressed out and I like was just trying to calm him down the whole time. And then I remember after he, he got through that show, I remember we got in a cab and he literally like oh, yeah. collapsed, not collapsed, but just like, oh, and then he was like instantly sick. I was, he was like sick for like three days. <laughs> Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> it was weird. So my body had like this total reaction. Yeah, because you were just so, so stressed weird. out. And also, so I, I think I'm in my head, that's always kind of in there. So I just try and like be there and do whatever I can to calm him down and whatever he needs me to do, I'll do. And so we drove up there and it was really fun. But the drive there, you know, we've been in Texas and it's been pretty mild and warm here for the winter um like today for instance i think it's going to be like 75 degrees and it's <laughs> january um so we've been in this like warmer climate and i didn't think that it would be that much colder we drove up it ended up 
being super windy the whole time and pretty cold. And then once we got into Arkansas, it was snowing. So it was like, it was kind of fun. Yeah. But it was totally crazy because we we're just not used to it. Um, so the day of the show, I couldn't really anticipate how how much um, excitement um, I was going to feel like as you know, I'm, I'm not performing. I was just going and just being a supportive husband. And I got to the stage rehearsal and um, and I was just like overcome with excitement and emotion and like I felt almost like such a, a sad loss too, mm -hmm. like watching you. And um, I kept running around the house, like taking videos. <laughs> I took a ton of video from every angle I could think of to walk <laughs> around. Cause there was no one, you know, obviously it was a rehearsal. No one was there. And um, it was just so exciting to be back in a theater and to see, you know, obviously the man I love performing and, but I, it just like reminded me like, what a crazy year this has been and just how sad it is the theater is kind of basically non-existent right now so it just felt like a real gift to be there and like an honor to see you do it and i was so mm -hmm. proud and so excited and i mean i like I, it was i didn't expect that i didn't expect to have such emotion i mean i do have emotion most of the time when i see these shows but not that much um and uh and some different things like really popped out for me this time. Um, I mean, first of all, your medleys in the show are really, really good. And they've always been really good. And I think for the most part, they've always kind of been the same. Um, but the, the medley of there's got to be something better than this. That's like my most favorite. So what else is in that? Um, Giants in the sky. Giants in the sky. And there's got to be something better than this. It's a really great medley. Um, and then he does this whole medley. Of, I think that um, was actually, I have to give credit to Lenny Watts for that. That was his idea. Okay. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And then I also love, there's a whole waltz medley. And throughout the medley, what are the songs? Do I hear a waltz? Do um, I hear a waltz? Um, I mean, we put every single waltz in there, right? So it's framed around Do I Hear a Waltz, but we also put in Once Upon a Dream. Once Upon a Dream. We there There's some interludes of... I feel pretty. Oh right, that's right. And someday my prince will come. Yeah. And then there's um, there's the uh, ten minutes ago with you. Mm -hmm. So there's all these different waltzes in there. And that's always like a favorite part of the show for me, just because like <clears throat> it's about when he finds his prince and I'm his prince. And so yeah. sometimes like that's like a built-in emotion for me. Um, and then you know. Another moment of the show that I always, always, always love, and I think that he doesn't probably like it or enjoy it as much, is when he sings her voice from The Little Mermaid. Um, mostly because he he sounds amazing in it, and then I, um, it just reminds me of when we first started dating, because he was that's what he was working on, so... I went and saw him do his first performance of it. And, you know, it just brings back, it's like flashback in time and I just get really emotional. Um, you also, this time around, um, museums like really made me emotional. There's like this point when you like kind of are staring to your right and you grab your dad's hand mm -hmm. and it's just like, it's so, it's like so, 
Oh, it's like it's it's really it's really sad and emotional and oh, it like really makes me it makes me emotional. It makes me emotional. I love that song so much and um I remember when I used to work on it. I worked on it in Craig Cornelius class and uh and it was just like, yeah. I mean, it's I think if if you don't know that song, I actually put a clip of it on my Instagram the other day. It's a gorgeous song. Stephen Lutvak wrote a brilliant it's like a masterpiece yeah it's really pretty and yeah. uh and what i loved about it this time is that i feel like i haven't seen you do this show that many times in performance but as many times as have you done it um and this time i felt like you were able to contain your emotion a little bit better because mm. um, i've noticed in the past that you've actually cried while performing that song yeah and i and if you did cry this time i didn't notice it um and it was so effective and your voice sounded beautiful mm. and um and then, then there's this other moment <laughs> that you've added, because I don't think it was there before, where you sang, what is the name of that song um, from Big Fish? Oh, yeah, Fight the Dragons. Fight the Dragons. And when I saw it in rehearsal, I didn't really, like, think about it. But then when I saw it in the performance, you're like, I'm a, I was imagining you speaking to our child that yeah. we would like to have and hope to have this year. And so that was, like, a... a really emotional moment for me as well um, those songs are like right after each other too. yeah <laughs> and like yeah and then also with, I, I love how you ended with brave and then you also sing i am no prince and i i just love that song Aww. and i love you singing it oh it's on my album yeah yeah that's right that's you can great. listen to it on spotify so, <laughs> so that was kind of like what it felt like for me and i was like literally just there watching and um so how you know how was it for you once you got there and realized oh my god i actually have to perform because even when things are normal when i get to gigs i'm like oh god now i have to perform so what was that feeling like for you uh the feeling i mean it was so cold <laughs> and i honestly just had to go well i think i told you this i was kind of in my head approaching it like this is my farewell tour because if I never do this again, I want this to be amazing. And you succeeded because you sounded the best thing I've ever heard. And I think once I made that decision psychologically in my head, like this is my share of farewell tour, which means I'll probably do it eight more times. <laughs> um, you should do it eight more times. But go ahead. <laughs> but I think that when I made that decision in my head, I was like, this is going to be for the people that are here. And it's Arkansas and like, you know, it took a lot of the pressure off of myself. I think sometimes in New York, I put all this pressure on myself, mm -hmm. especially after opening a little mermaid. I was like, oh. yeah, that was a different circumstance. Yeah. Completely, um, but yeah, but I feel like, you know, I've also done the show enough that I feel it's like some of body. it's kind of in my body. Yeah. So the pressure was off Great. in that way. Um, the only thing that was frustrating was the suit I rented. Oh, I, right. I, I rented from the Black Tux, uh, a beautiful suit, three-piece suit, because uh, we don't have, everything's in storage. And I, the pants that they sent me initially were too tight, so I asked them to send me, because I put on some weight during the pandemic, I asked them to send me a new pair of pants, and I forgot the new pair of pants and brought the tight ones. And I was so mad about it before we went on stage. But he was really mad, but... The reason I I was there to calm him down, and I was like, "Listen, they were so yes, tight. they are a little tight, but like, <laughs> no one's really gonna be able to see that, and and also like, 
it's a show like things should be a little tighter you can show it off <laughs> show it's it okay off. it's okay you did say that yeah. yeah so anyway um i got emotional when we first got on stage just to be back into a theater i got a little bit excited and i i honestly felt so honored mm-hmm. that they would ask me to be their first show back yeah you know that was an honor and yeah i of course like don't necessarily like me of all people and then i kept thinking about when remember when we were in charleston and we went and saw chris and chenoweth mm-hmm. i kept thinking about that and i just kept thinking be chris and chenoweth like, <laughs> you know remember how yeah. she was just like she just, just owned it yeah. you know I was like, just be chris and chenoweth mm-hmm. she's just so confident on stage she was super real at one point she told a story about how she got some chicken it wasn't what was that chicken place? kicking chicken kicking chicken yeah. i was like anyways go she's like had it she had indigestion from yeah she was like super real so anyway i i just kept thinking of that i was like this is this is me being that yeah. so that was a great sort of approach and um and you know the challenge performing for me too was the audience was spread out so yeah. you couldn't really hear I couldn't hear laughter or if they were really with me. They and were. So, and sometimes were. in my head, if I start to think, oh, God, they're not with me. I need to keep moving forward. Just keep going, keep going, as opposed to, like, breathe, take time, allow them, like, you know. But I'm like, oh, God, oh, God. So sometimes in my head, I'll, like, I felt like in between songs, mostly, I would just kind of rush through the story or the dialogue. Um, and that's one thing I wish I had just kind of breathed a little mm-hmm. bit more. But... But I didn't know how the audience was feeling. I couldn't hear. Yeah. And usually I can read the audience a little bit better. Yeah. You know? Well, let me assure you, the audience was with you. At the end, they gave him two standing ovations, which was really sweet. Yeah, and um, and they were definitely laughing and excited to give you, um, like, applause at the end of each um, song. It was just a really beautiful moment. And... Um, and I'm super proud of you. Thank you. Yeah, it was really cool. Well, I honestly, I was so glad you could come because you weren't possibly not going to come because of work and um having you there made all the difference and then also you're so sweet y'all he drove the whole eight and a half hours back i did it was a long drive i offered and he said no i'm the shuford chauffeur yeah it was shuford chauffeur (laughs) shuford chauffeur well thank you for your support it means a lot of course i love you and it was so fun to see you do it again and i hope Maybe that you will do it again. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Now we're going to move on to a segment that we call Spotlight on Love. So someone wrote in to us on Instagram. Do we say their name? Um, I'm going to say no because they use a location and just say no because of that. Okay. So the question is, how can you find people that want relationships and not just sex on apps? It's been slim picking so far here in conservative Magnolia, Texas, which is not far from where we are, actually. But I don't want to drive an hour into Houston. Hmm. Well, let me just say, what's more important? Dating, meeting somebody who is more relationship oriented or driving, not driving an hour to Houston? Right. Because that's not that far. It's not that Magnolia far. Magnolia to Houston is really not that far. And if it's a priority, it's worth it. But I get it. Like, it's not convenient. Um, And also, I don't know how you're going to meet people during the pandemic, mm. honestly. But 
I think that the best thing to do is if you're going to use apps to meet people, then you just need to be so explicit about what you want. Yeah, just be really clear about what you want, what your not, boundaries are. Not what looking you... for sex, right. looking for relationships. Yeah. Like, put it in the bio, right? It may mean that not that many people respond because most people who are on apps are looking for sex. Because yeah, that's what they're for, right? Yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I don't know that all of them are, but I think... Oh, like, even... I uh, See, when I see here the word apps, I think about, like... Grinder Grinder and other things like that. Um, but I but guess there's dating, dating apps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I don't think yeah. 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 But like, what's the swipe left swipe? Yeah, anyway, yeah. A Tinder and Tinder, yeah. right. But I also think that like, there's something too about like going for what it is you want and making it a priority. Yeah. And just putting it out there and expecting nothing and you'll probably, you know, get something great in return you know you're because you you'll only attract what you what you actually want you won't attract um people sending you what i mean the problem I, I i'll speak to my experience i you know apps didn't exist yeah when before we were dating but i do recall you know growing up in orange texas a conservative town there's so many closeted people. people yeah. And so you're meeting people. So, so I'm just saying, Stephen, in case you don't like think about it, but it's like, I just think about how hard it must be because you've got a lot of people on there who are only looking for hookups because they're closeted they wanna... and they don't want to come out because they're right. in a conservative town. So how do you meet somebody? I think you have to go where it's more acceptable, where more people feel comfortable being out. I think you have to make that a priority, mm -hmm. even if it's just once a week, it's worth the two hour drive to, to put yourself out there and meet somebody. Because yeah. If somebody wants to date you and you want to go on a date in Houston, or maybe you can even recommend that like you meet somewhere halfway, halfway. between Houston and Magnolia. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't even know how people are dating right now. I, I would think it's so challenging. Yeah. Um, but I think if relationship matters to you, then you have to make it a priority, priority. in everything you do. And you got to tell people, right? You got to tell, because by saying it out loud, you're telling the universe what you want. Right. So in your bio on whatever app you're on, you need to say, I'm looking for a serious relationship. Yeah. I'm not looking to fool around. Yeah. Let them know. Yeah. Tell them. Hope that helps. We hope that helps. And if you want our completely unqualified, unqualified. relationship <laughs> advice, make sure you shoot us a DM on Instagram or shoot us an email at broadwayhusbands.com. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Husbands podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. And it would really help us out if you leave a review on whatever podcast platform you listen to us on. Don't forget to check out Broadway Life Apparel and our new designs that are released every month. And on this podcast, we encourage you to... Love who you love. And love what you do. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work 
or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R E R I S E T H E A T R E dot org, because only together we rise. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.